Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is Mike Grauber. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I will start by giving you an overview of what has happened in the markets. This week, markets are on something of a knife's edge as investors await the Fed and other central banks to deliver outsized rate hikes given stubbornly high inflation level. And in fact, just a few minutes ago, Germany reported a yearly rise in producer prices of 45.8%, well above the 36.8% expected. Later today, Sweden's Riksbank is expected to double its policy rate to 1.5%. But first to US market action yesterday. U.S. stocks bounced back in the last hour of trading to erase early losses and finish in the green. The S&P 500 ended up 0.7%, with 9 out of 11 sectors rising, led by materials and consumer discretionary. But in after-hour trading, Ford is down 4.4% after warning that inflation is pushing supplier costs 1 billion higher than anticipated in the current quarter. In fixed income, bond yields rose with the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield briefly surpassing 3.5%, its highest since 2011, and the two-year yield is up to nearly 4%. But Bloomberg reports that a group of banks had to increase the discount on a 4 billion secured bond for Citrix, with the yield now set to be between 9.5 and 9.75%. This bond sale is seen somewhat as representative of investors' risk appetite given the rise in bond yields and economic growth concerns. Turning to currencies, the US dollar is little changed below recent highs. The yuan is on the weak side of 7 versus the dollar, and the Japanese yen fell briefly below the 143 level following a report that showed Japan's inflation accelerating to the fastest since 1991. Overall, consumer prices rose 3% in August, while core CPI increased 2.8%, both exceeding consensus slightly. This is likely to put the Bank of Japan further in the spotlight as it meets this week. The Nikkei 225 is up about half a percent today. Staying in Asia, stocks in the region are gaining for the first time in six days. Hong Kong is up around 1.3%, amid a report that the government plans to relax COVID curbs for travelers. In China, loan prime rates were kept unchanged. In commodities, Brent oil is holding steady near $92 a barrel. The U.S. Department of Energy said it will offer additional U.S. crude for sale ahead of plans by the European Union to ban most Russian oil in December. And Germany is reported to set aside an additional 2.5 billion euros to buy LNG as part of its effort to avert an energy crisis, on top of the 1.5 billion already pledged. And gold is hovering well below $1,700 as it awaits its masters at the Fed deciding on interest rates later this week. Meanwhile, Bitcoin continues to hover well below the $20,000 this morning. And what to expect in terms of economic news today? U.S. new housing starts on the tape, an important economic indicator given the outside relevance of housing to the economy. And in Canada, an inflation release is expected to show a 7.2% increase 
in prices versus last year. And lastly, European equities look like they're following the US and Asia by opening in the green. This is all on the markets wrap today. And now I'm pleased to hand over to David Cole, Chief Economist with a Central Bank Meeting Preview. Good morning. So this week, uh, definitely central banks uh, will deliver um, their hiking interest, so they are tightening monetary policy. And of course, uh, in the center of interest is what the FOMC, what the Fed will do. Um, expectations are quite firmly, so probably not big surprise here on the 75 basis point rate hike. That will be the third 75 basis point rate hike. That's still a big rate hike. And of course, uh, the most, most uh, important driver on that is the uh, inflation in the US, which is coming down, but not as fast uh, as everybody hoped and as the Fed is probably looking at. So this is the main driver here, the political pressure uh, from this inflation print, this uh, drives uh, the Fed uh, to hiking rates more aggressively. Um, besides this uh, rate hike itself uh, on this week, uh, it will be very interesting what the Fed itself projects uh, what comes after uh, this rate hike. So in the coming meetings, we will get an update of the so-called dot plots, which uh, include, of course, the most appropriate uh, interest rate pass, but also the GDP growth numbers the Fed expects, the inflation numbers the Fed expects, and also the unemployment rate here. Um, we expect here revisions to be made uh, compared to the June numbers as uh, uh, we have seen from other institutions. So GDP numbers down, inflation up, unemployment up. Uh, this is the most likely path. Uh, but the most interesting number, of course, to look at is what the Fed itself think where rates have to go uh, that, so that inflation comes down. Uh, we think the Fed will move it's so far forecast uh, towards the range of like 4%. Um, this is still uh, not as aggressive as uh, financial markets are pricing in when it comes to future uh, rate decisions. Uh, but we maintain here um, the the backdrop that central banks overall, but the Fed in particular, um, are talking quite hawkish when it comes to further rate hikes, to hike rates really into um, tightening uh, monetary policy stance, that is, according to our understanding, above 3.5%, and this would hurt, actually, the economy. Will they, will they really talk? Uh, will they really follow uh, this talk? Uh, we, we still remain skeptical. We think that the inflation miss so far we have seen uh, for the August numbers is a one-off. <clears throat> we think inflation on a broad scale, uh, will start to come down in the coming months. Uh, in particularly, the slow-moving component of the rent inflation is something which have good chances to come down and surprise here on the positive side. Uh, so from this respect, this week, we'll definitely we see uh, central banks hiking rates by 75 basis points, uh, the Fed. Uh, other central banks, including the Bank of England and the Swiss National Bank, will also deliver rate hikes. Here also big steps for the Bank of England. We expect 50 basis points uh, for the Swiss National Bank. Uh, it can be 50 uh, basis points, it can be 75 basis points, simply because the Swiss National Bank has less meetings uh, than other central banks. They meet only every quarter. Uh, so in this respect, a challenging task here for the Swiss National Bank uh, to do probably more than other central banks uh, in order to keep pace uh, with the hiking interest rates. So overall, we think uh, central banks are still 
uh, on the path to normalize uh, monetary policy and really beyond uh, going this September uh, rate hiking meetings, uh, we will see if central banks will indeed be ready to tighten monetary policy to this degree that really the, that it hurts on the economy. We are not there yet. We are not there yet with the Fed. We are not there yet for the Swiss National Bank. We are, uh, and therefore, uh, we, uh, we, we expect uh, when inflation turns, this will be the decisive moment where central banks can stop this aggressive tightening. We are not there yet. Uh, we're looking forward for that for the coming, coming months. That's all from my side. Back to you. Thank you very much, David, for your comments. And now we are pleased to have Dario Messi, Fixed Income Research, with us this morning to talk about the upcoming Italian elections. Over to you. Yeah, thank you, Mike, and, and good morning to all of you. Um, yeah, you said it. I mean, besides all the central bank uh, news that we will get, we also have uh, some political um, developments to discuss Italy. Uh, this weekend, we finally have the snap election taking place in Italy. Uh, we all feared them for so long, way before the collapse of the Draghi's government uh, in July this year, uh, actually even before Draghi took over. And the question is obviously, is it going to be so binary? And at this point, we actually don't think so. Uh, the election is unlikely to be a major market mover for itself, which doesn't mean that it's, it's not important, um, but just much more important is what happens thereafter. So the right wing center-right coalition has a comfortable lead at this point in time and is likely to win the majority um, and will also present them the new government. But what investors actually really want uh, to know are two things. First, how stable will the new government actually be? So it is a comfortable lead, yes, but within the coalition there is still substantial disagreement. And Secondly, this is then the big question, whichever government we will have in Italy, are they going to follow through on the promises done regarding the reforms set out in the recovery plan? So meeting these goals outlined in the plan is necessary not only to receive the, the upcoming tranches of the uh, recovery and resilience fund, um, which by the way are essential and really sizable, but also meeting these goals is a necessary condition to be eligible for the ECB's new instrument. Uh, this instrument and the ECB introduced to counter this unwarranted fragmentation risk in the Eurozone. Talking about the ECB, investors definitely also want to better understand the pain point for the ECB when it comes to the spread widening between the BTP and the Bund yields. Uh, the ECB has already shown this uh, promised flexibility regarding their old bond purchase program uh, in favor of Italy. Nevertheless, there is no explicit spread cap. And with that, a communication mistake by the ECB continues to be um, basically the major risk for us. So in short, the outcome of the election this weekend will only part partly reduce uncertainty in Italy. And is it a reason to change our recommendation we don't think so at the moment. We keep peripheral debt on overweight in our fixed income strategy, um, but definitely acknowledge this uh, uncertainty coming from the risk from the ECB, but still regard this extra compensation as sufficient. Um, my colleagues on the equity side, being more the residual taker though, they are a bit more cautious. 
that's it from my side on Italy. Back to you, Mike. Thank you very much, Dario, for your thoughts. This concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We do hope that you'll join us again. Goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.